The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Salute Nation. It's May 1st, 2023, 4.36 a.m. on the East Coast, and it's currently 41 degrees I hear this morning in New York, episode 69. We're now in May, and here it's going to be in the mid-40s, low 50s, with rain, until Friday. What the fuck? And Mother Nature, it's April showers, bring May flowers. Not April showers, bring in more May showers. Anyways, there was no Black Saturday. There should be back this Saturday coming up. Family, obviously, you know, things things happen, you know. Um, but yeah, Ben did a lot of things with his family. He's on vacation. I believe he's back now from vacation. I can't remember if he's on a week vacation or or he's on vacation now, and it ends Friday or whatever. But whatever, he couldn't make it. He couldn't do his show on Saturday. That's all right. He had the draft, so there was other things to be occupied with. Speaking of the draft, I'll talk about that later on. So well, on this show, I'll go over the XFL. Two games were played. The winners will meet up in the championship. The US, USFL's week three games took place also Saturday and Sunday. I'll go over that. I'll also go over some Hoya news and Irish news. Of course, Yankees, four-game series. Predicted the Yankees to split. Was I right? We'll find out. I mean, I already know. And then, of course, the Raiders draft. Including the UF, uh, the the UDFAs, I'll go over. Not in depth of the UDFAs. I'll just list the names and position, and that's it. But I'll go over in depth of the draft. I'll give you my takes of it. Did we reach? Did we not? What was the projected round? Obviously, it's really what determines what was a reach. Of course, what I mean, you can't really decide the NFL draft or how good it is or isn't until after three, five years, anyways, right? They have to play. But there are some picks on here that I loved and liked. I really, I'll get to that part later. But first, I want to talk about the chat GPT. I believe it was in April, beginning of April, about Italy banning ChatGPT over privacy concerns. Well, that got sorted out. ChatGPT is now open in Italy. 
or to use in Italy. But kudos to Italy for A, looking out for their citizens, protecting their citizens, and taking care of that. Now, I won't know personally. I mean, here's the thing, you know, which leads me to this. Would America, would our government do that for us? Think carefully about that. I mean, unless you want to come out blurting it out, that's fine. You can leave me that in the comments. Rather on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the message boards on there, community tab. Or in here, I believe there's a way for you to communicate with me through here as well. Would our government do that to us or for us, for our benefit, without it being their benefit? I personally say no. <laughs> I just don't. I don't trust this government. No one should trust their government. But Italy just proved that you can. We can't. I mean, we could. But I just don't. So I want to take this moment in right now to talk about ByteDance. They're the creators of TikTok. Which is still being talked about for the U.S. to ban. It's taking an awful while, huh? There are major concerns, and TikTok is still being used here in America. If this was Italy, they would already have taken care of this. They would say, no, we're not using it. Right? That's, what, that's, how, I'm, that's how I'm seeing it. If government is really concerned over such data being compromised by the Chinese, you would have already shut it down. You just would. You're just too busy uh, right now playing with your legations and playing putt-putt. Doing whatever you guys do. Leaders of buffoons. Or I should say they are the buffoons. And <laughs> I mean, we follow it. So I guess we are the buffoons as well. But anyway, TikTok. Still being talked about to be banned. Meanwhile, ByteDance is heavily pushing their other apps. One in particular, known as Lemonade. It's not a new app. I know there's a report out there that this is a new app. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's 2020. It's been around since. But now they're heavily pushing it. Pretty much what this app is, is a 
it's a combination of Instagram and Pinterest. Data could still be shared. So here's my other question. Actually, I know I'm going to say a statement. I do believe if uh, TikTok is banned, this too will also be banned. Unless they can come up with an agreement. But you would think that if TikTok is banned because of basically it's, you know, company in China, then so would this. If that's really what it's about. It's definitely about the China part. But this right now, how long it's been taking, just proves that, A, you don't really have any proof of them sharing the information or leaking information of data to the Chinese government. Because you would have already stopped it. You would have already had that code already written that kills any usage of TikTok as an app. Now there's workarounds. Especially now with VPNs. It's making it harder for somebody to actually look at your strict IP to actually do something. If you're running VPNs. But then again, the government does have the best of the best. (laughs) Or partially best of the best working for them when it comes to technology. So they definitely probably know a better way of doing something than I would. Yep. So now we go to the XFL. Divisional championship. From last episode, I I talked down on the four and six making it in to the championship of their division. I they got lucky because they it, they're he, they're in a fucking shitty division led by a seven and three team who deserves it, but not the four and six. However. In an upset victory, that four and six Arlington Renegades defeat the seven and three Houston Roughnecks by the score of 26 to 11. This was the third meeting between these two teams, which had Houston being two and zero until this game. With this victory, that four and six. Arlington Renegades, Renegades, it's now five and six. 
and will face the winner of this game for the championship, which took place yesterday on the 30th, the North Division Championship. The best team in the league at 9-1 defeats the 7-3 Seattle Sea Dragons, 37-21. Also, the third meeting between these two teams, which has the D.C. Defenders at 3-0 now. 10-1 overall. So now we got the 4-6, excuse me, 5-6 Arlington Renegades versus the 10-1 D.C. Defenders for the XFL Championship. And that game is on Saturday the 13th. So two weeks. Not this weekend, but next weekend after that. And I'll talk about this one on the 12th, that Friday, before that championship game. Which means I get to move on to the USFL. Week three results. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Oh, wait, no, it's the NFL. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. The New Orleans Breakers is now the only undefeated team. I think I kind of let the, you know, because <laughs> there was three overall before, you know. But the New Orleans Breakers is now 3-0 and after beating the now 2-1 Birmingham, Birmingham Stallions by the score of 45-21. to the Houston Gamblers, yeah, wins their first game of the season while dropping the Memphis Showboats to the only winless team left by the score of 30-26. to 26. And then Sunday, two games, the 30th, yesterday, Pittsburgh Maulers is now 2-1-1 after beating the now 1-2 Philadelphia Stars 21-13. And closing out week three, the New Jersey Generals ups their record to two and one after beating the now two and one Michigan Panthers by the score of 28 to 13. Week four, be next weekend. That preview will be talked about on Friday, this coming Friday. Talk some Irish. Dot the note the dime. I had a pretty good uh, day yesterday in the draft. Well, not yesterday, but uh, the, the day one. And yeah, overall in the draft. Happy to get one of them. <laughs> so happy. I love it when my favorite college team. The players of that come to my favorite football team. Just love it. Anyways, Notre Dame. Second leading rusher last season, Logan Diggs, is entering the transfer portal. The number, However, the number one rusher last year, Audric Astein, and the number three rusher, Chris Tyree, will be back 
as well as the Irish adding the ESPN's number three running back and number 93 overall recruit class of 19 or 2023, Jeremiah Love. The running back room still looks fucking good. Still sucks, though. Wish you all the best, Logan Diggs. You did a good job. But you want to play somewhere else, that's fine. Hoyas. Sophomore guard, Amir Spears, has transferred from the the Hoyas to Florida State. And the last recruit of Patrick Ewing's era has decommitted from the Hoyas and will pursue other schools. So, wish you all the best. The NBA playoffs. Lakers and Warriors won their, uh, well, Warriors won their game seven. And uh, yesterday, and Lakers won, what is it, game six on Saturday. So, those two meet. And we're now, now this is now the the semifinals of the conference. So number eight seed, the Heat lead the number five seed, the Knicks, 1-0. Number three seed, 76ers versus the number two seed, Celtics begin play tonight. The number one seed, Nuggets, now we're over in the Western Conference. The number one seed, Nuggets, lead their uh, lead their series with the number four C Suns one nothing, um, and then the number seven C Lakers versus the number six C Warriors begins tomorrow night for Game One. Yankees. This might be a. a, a <laughs> We fucking suck. I know the season is still young. It's a 162-game season. But now Judge is out, not knowing how long. Stanton is out, not really knowing how long. Fucking, we got a bunch of guys who shouldn't be in the major leagues. Um, And I'm not throwing shade to the young guys. I, I'm, I'm really not because it's not their fault. They're good in the triple A and double A and single A. Major League Baseball is totally different. People are throwing faster. People are throwing harder. People are not giving you these fucking cookie-cutter pitches. So it's tough to adapt to that to the big leagues. The schedule is harder. Do I think the Yankees still can turn this around? Listen, as long as cash fuck is still the... GM, no. As long as Boondrop is the manager, no. I didn't give a prediction to start this year like I did last year. I mean, I didn't think Yankees would be that good that they were last year, but we're definitely not touching anything close to that mark. Judges back to being the injury-prone guy that he is now that he got his fucking money. 
which I kind of already have an inkling that that's what's going to happen anyways, because, you know, he, a year and a half to two years, he, he wasn't that as injury prone. He was doing good. And last year, of course, he had a magical season. But once he got his money, now I'm not saying that, you know, his hip injury is not serious. I mean, they did the MRI and it's still unclear. And tonight or today, more information will be told by that or it will be shown for that. But come on. Same thing with DJ LeMay. Where the fuck is that dude been? Since 19, or 19, since 2019, 2020, when he was the Yankees' best hitter for those two seasons. And 2020 was his fucking contract year. We gave this guy, who's already mid-30s, low-30s, mid-30s at this time, or at that time, a five to seven year fucking deal. Somewhere's in between that. And since then, he's been dealing with more injuries and lackluster of bats. Like, guy from 330 to 310, 320, somewhere's in there of average, to now not even sniffing 280 or 270. Fucking garbage. That's the problem I have with paying these overpriced cunts. Because once you get that money, your hunger to be great goes away. At least in these eras. So now we brought up Jake Bowers. He had a fantastic fucking catch, and then he gets hurt. His results are still unknown. Yankees have a lot of people on that injured reserve already. Now, granted, none of them so far look like they're going to miss full season. Well, maybe one of them is still questionable. And we still don't know the results yet of Judge and Bowers. Now, granted, Bowers is a—he's only up here because of, you know, the injuries. But come on, I mean, here's the numbers. Get get this. I mean, all guy, other guys need to step up. I don't want to get started by Torres. I mean, he's just goddamn awful. But you like here's Rizzo, right? Rizzo's a guy, right? He's our best hitter right now at 282. That's his average. He's 33 years old, but at times he loses focus during his at bats. Torres isn't really the guy that can carry a club. Vlope is a rookie. And closing up the list of our better hitters is Cabrera. And he's at 200. That's his fucking average. Yeah, I'm, I'm not lying. Keep in mind, guys, the shift is different than it used to be. It, it's not the same shift as it was for the last three, four, five years. 
These fuckers can't even fucking hit in regular baseball anymore. I, I, they can't even fucking hit off a tee. Currently as a team, this is offensively, this is collectively, as a team, Yankees are 26 at average of .224. Ranked number 26 for OBP, ranked number 22 for slugging, ranked number 24 for OPS. Pitching isn't the problem, 10th in ERA. Fourth and whip. Second and batting average against on the good side of it. So now into that four-game fucking set. As you can tell, I'm getting pissed off. You can already get it. I said the Yankees in what we'll split this. So it means five, two, and two. That's what I predicted, right? Out of the series. Five total wins of the series, two losses so far. Straight, you know, that's the, you know, two loss, straight, uh, straight losses of a series and two ties. So I figured this would be a tie. Nope. 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 I'm lucky it wasn't a fucking sweep. Yankees lost this series, winning only one game out of these four. That means one and three. Predicted their record to be 16 and 13. I was fucking wrong. Yep. So now they're 15 and 14. Third straight series loss. Which is now five, three, and two. I really don't want to say how it happened. I, I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. These guys can fucking kiss my ass. But it's the same fucking team as last year. Right? I mean, the hope was we got Radon, right? Fucking, he hasn't fucking played a game yet either. He's dealing with injuries. Granted, I don't think that was a waste of signing. Because when healthy, he doesn't really have a bug of history, bug of getting hurt. So he's solid. When he returns, that's just going to shore up our pitching staff. And that means we don't have to fucking see Clark Schmidt or Brittle. I'm sick of tired of these two fuck stains. Brittle, I don't want to hold too much against. As well as Clark Schmidt. They're both younger guys. They're not they weren't meant to be the starters. Well, at least one of them was. But I'll talk about this four game set. I'm going to talk about it. I'm gonna go get a drink. Calm down a little bit more, do some breathing exercise, <laughs> and then come back and give you this fucking bullshit. How about that? So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come back, hit you with the transition, and then we'll get right into this four game set. Tell you how you went, you know, because out of these four games, 
truthfully speaking, we won one of them. We could have won another. We didn't. It wasn't that we looked bad. It was the fact that the other pitcher, Evaldi, just looked fan fucking fucking fantastic. No shot in one of them. <laughs> you'll 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 know what I mean when we get to that part. Well, like I said, I'm gonna hit you with the transition, and I'll be right back. That transition was called sweep. Ah, April twenty seventh, two thousand and twenty three. Game one of four. Is the last time the Yankees won a game. At least for the series. Yankees won 4-2. Yankee offense totals. Four runs. Eight hits. One walk. Striking out seven times. Trevino led the way with a 3-4 and four net day. Volpe, Rizzo, Torres, Hicks, and LeMayu. Who also added his third home run of the season and Torres added his fourth home run on fourth home run of the season Tavino added his second now the Volpe, Rizzo, Torres, Hicks and the Mayo each had one hit apiece Yankees went one and five in runners in scoring position. Pitching for the Yankees in this game only used two. Cole, five and zero now. Pitch six point two innings, allow six hits, two runs earned, walk one, striking out eight. Era our ERA now at one eleven or one point eleven. King, he's turning around after a couple of shaky bullpen stints, or not stints, but games, the beginning of the season. I mean, we're still kind of in the beginning of the season still. But King gets his first save of the season. He pitched 2.1 innings, zero hits, zero runs, walked one, striking out two ERA at 1.72. So the Yankee pitching totals, nine innings. Six hits, two runs earned, uh, all earned, walk two, striking out ten. And then this is when the shitstorm begins. April 28, 2000, and, well, you know, two games, the, the second game of four, Yankees lost two to five. Yankees off in totals, two runs, five hits, walking one, striking out five. Rizzo, Calhoun, Peraza, Cabrera, Higashi with one hit each. One and six in runners in scoring position. Yankees use three pitchers in this one. Clark Schmidt, 0-3, five innings, 10 hits allowed, five runs, all earned, one home run allowed, walking one, striking out eight. ERA now at 6.84. Bullpen did their job. Cordero and Obreu. Who were who also pitched? 
Yankees pitching totals, eight innings pitch, 10 hits, five runs, all earned, one home run, one walk, striking out 11. So that means Schmidt was the reason why we fucking lost. Because terrible. 29th, game three of four. Now this is where it was a good game. Even though we lost, Yankees were shut out, which is never good, but there's some promising here. They were shut out 0-2. Yankee offense totals, zero runs, three fucking hits, zero walks, striking out eight times. Rizzo Calhoun and Kinner Falfa with the hits. Yankees pitching. Four pitchers, including the starter. Brito, who's now three, two and three, five innings, allow four hits, two runs earned, and one home run. Striking out one, or walking one, striking out five. ERA now at 5.56. Bullpen did really good, which was Merciano, um, Hamilton, and Peralta. Pitching totals, eight innings, five hits, two runs, which was all earned, one home run, walk three, striking out seven. The scoring was in the fifth. That's when the two runs happened. And that's it. Even though my team lost, it wasn't a laugher, per se. Credit, though, goes to Evaldi, the Ranger starter. He used to pitch for the Yankees. He also pitched for the Red Sox, um, Marlins. But he, he he's now 3-2. and two. He pitched the whole game and has an ERA of... 3.93, which is pretty respectable. Game four of four, which was yesterday. Oh my God. Yankees got their fucking ass kicked. Embarrassed. Nobody looked like they wanted to play from the batters to the fucking pitching staff. And it's a shameful fucking game. Yankees lost 2 to 15. Yep. They we only could score two fucking runs. And they scored 15. And they were scoring on fucking everybody that we threw out there. It seemed like it. Actually, they did. Yankee offensive totals, if you really can. <laughs> two runs, eight hits, walk three times, striking out six times. Two for seven runners in scoring position. Kiner, Felfa, and Hicks both went two for four. Velope, Praza, Torres, and Higashi each had one hit. The pitching was goddamn awful, and it all started with Cortez. Now three and two. He pitched four point two innings, allowed five fucking hits, seven fucking runs, all earned, three fucking home runs, walk four, striking out seven. He's his ERA is now at four point nine one. He wasn't the only one that sucked. The bullpen equals his fucking effort. Abreu Ramirez combined for eight 
fucking runs against them. Yankees pitching totals, eight innings. <laughs> 11 fucking hits. 15 fucking runs. All fucking earned. Four fucking home runs. Walked fucking eight. Striking out fucking ten. Fucking awful. Boone, fucking, I hope you don't fucking, oh my God, I want to fucking beat that dude's ass. Same thing with you, cash fucking guy. You piece of fucking shit. Also blame Hal Steinbrenner for this too. He's not his father. If George was alive, these motherfuckers would be fucking floating in the sky somewhere. And rightfully so. Yankees are now tied. <laughs> God, this is, gets worse. Yankees are now tied with the Red Sox for the last fucking place in the AL East. Eight games back. Three and seven in their last ten. Up next, like it fucking matters. Starting tonight in New York, three-game series against Cleveland Guardians. 13 and 15 they're coming as. This is the second series against Cleveland this series that took place, which that series took place in Cleveland. Yankees won that series 2-1. to one. Predictions, Yankees is going to lose this one. And I would have said, I mean, I still could say sweep, but Yankees are going to lose this series. They'll win one game out of this, so Yankees will go 1-2 and two in this one. Um. So that means 16 and 16 record overall, which also would mean that it would be their fourth straight series loss. So that will be five, four, and fucking two. I really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I really do. I really hope I'm fucking wrong. Um, it, it, it's. It, it it just goddamn awful. It, it just it it's it's so goddamn frustrating. <sighs> so now we go to the Raiders, the NFL draft. Update. Obviously, I'd already talked about this before on Friday show. The seventh pick overall, defensive end, who could also be offensive linebacker. He could play DT. Tyree Wilson, 6'6", 270-plus pounds from Texas Tech. So everyone knows about him. So I'm going to go over the rest of the rounds. Round two, I... Absolutely love this fucking pick. Main reason, because he's easily the top two tight end in this draft. Some may argue three. Some may argue one. Hey, as long as you're in the top five, that's, uh, that's good. He's from Notre Dame. Mr. Michael Mayers, 6'4", 265 pounds, projected to be the first round. NFL comparison is Jason Witten, also known as, well, not Jason Witten, but he was also known as the Baby Grunk. 
selected to conscious consciousness all american team in 2022 and round three and this is where the two reaches were pick two our two picks in this round defensive tackle brian young 6'3 294 pounds alabama projected to at fifth or sixth round so this was a reach. If you're projected to go a certain round and you go fucking, you know, way before that, especially if you're projected to go later in the rounds, and here you are fucking the third round, that's a reach. Now, although it's a reach, and it's not where his fault is where, where he gets picked, I do like this pick. Just not here in the third. Wide receiver, Trey Tucker. 5'9", 182 pounds from Cincinnati. Projected at fifth round. This as well is a reach. I get why people like him. He's fast. And he's got some dog in him. But he'll be a returner and maybe a fifth, sixth wide receiver. Depending on how many, we will be we'll be on the 53. That's my opinion of him. I I, I I heard some people say, oh, he could be our new rugs. Rugs was taller. So no. He he's fast. Absolutely. Listen, I mean I'm just not a fan of this pick here. It's not him. It's not his credentials of, you know, or his ability. He's 5'8", 5'8", 5'9". At best, he'll be a kick returner. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he could take the top off. But his he struggles with catches. How? You guys remember James Jett? Fast. He was fast. But he dropped a lot. So, listen. Some of y'all are probably too young to fucking remember. Or not even, or not old enough to know that. Speed is good if it's only being utilized with the fucking ball. If he is a kick returner, pump returner, it's fine. But right now, he's a reach. Let's go to round four. Two picks. Quarterback. Cornerback. My bad. Jacorin Bennett. I know I fucked up his name. 5'11", 188 pounds from Maryland. Projected to go in this round. So this isn't a reach. Again, I like this pick. And think he'll be depth, but will not be starting unless there's an injury. I, I, I He's not a starter. I, he's not starting. Uh, he has a right. I mean, he could prove me wrong. 
he can only prove me wrong. Not not anybody else who has an opinion like me about that. <laughs> you can't prove me wrong. He has to prove it. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell. 6'3", 213 pounds from Purdue. Projected to be in this round or the fifth. 2021 was better for him than in 2020, although he showed slight, slight improvements or slight flashes. He's a pocket passer. So um, not that mobile guy that some of you all in the nation fully claim that that's what Josh wanted. <laughs> I know I'm an ass. I, I agree. He has solid accuracy over the first two levels, but struggles with the deep. He's a project two to three years to sit and learn the pro game. This will be the benefit. I think he'll be the fourth on the Steph chart. I don't believe he's going to be second or third. I don't think he's beating out Garbers. Garbers already has a foot above him. He knows this system already. He's definitely not being Hoyer. Hoyer is a journeyman. He's also been in this system. <laughs> so pretty much, practice squad. I'm okay with this pick. I didn't think we need a quarterback, but, you know, I, 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 if we're building Garbers up to to be the future, then you draft another guy to be second and then vice versa. You keep going. So I won't be surprised if we also draft a quarterback next year if Garbers isn't the guy. But I don't think this pick was because Garbers isn't. I'm okay with this pick, but I am not sold that he's the future starter. So now we go to the fifth round. Free safety. Christopher Smith, the second. He's 5'11", 192 pounds. Georgia. Defending champs, by the way. Projected to go in the fourth or fifth. So no, this again is in a reach. He's undersized, free safety, with decent athletic ability and toughness to bolster the roster depth. Man cover talent and range to play over the top. Best use attacking downhill and downhill routes. I do love this pick. You can see that dog and the leader in him. 
and he loves the big games. I, I I absolutely like this pick. I mean, there's nothing nothing against this pick that I would, you know what I mean. Number four, <laughs> number four, no. <laughs> round six, linebacker, outside linebacker, Amari Bernie. He's 6'1", 233 pounds. He's from Florida, projected priority free agent. So is this a reach? Yes. Yes. If a guy is projected to be a free agent and you drafted him. But I do want to say this. Although he is projected to be a free agent or a prior priority free agent was his projection. And this is a reach, in my opinion, but could be utilized in our schemes. He's aggressive and well-built with good speed. However, he lacks instincts to play with consistency. He needs to work on his block take on and looks to and looks to fit better in a 4-3. Weak side. Right now at least. I don't hate this pick. I do think he'll be on the practice squad. And he'll probably take at least two years before he's in on the 53. Round seven. DT slash nose tackle. Nasta. I know I fucked up his name. Jada or Jade Silveria or Silver or Silvera. You know, I can't do get names good. 6'2", 304 pounds, Arizona State. Projected to go on the 5th or 6th or 7th round, so this isn't a reach. I like this pick a lot. I mean, this is the position that I played in high school. And, you know, <laughs> he's a plugger. Quick first step. Plays with knockback power. Holds his own against single blockers. He does struggle to feel and and uh and slow to respond to block downs or down blocks, in other words, and struggles with the laterals. He's not a rusher. He's not a Aaron Donald. He's not going to go get you the sacks. Or known to get the sack. He'll maybe give you one or one to four sacks, one to three sacks in that position. But he will plug that fucking hole and he will command and demand double teams, which means, class, that your DNs will eat. Your linebackers would eat. That's what you want as a DT and a nose tackle. You want those guys to plug the fucking holes to, to make sure that the quarterback can't step up either. 
He'll be a two or three year project. He'll, I, I do believe he will be on a practice squad, which is okay. We did draft two deep, uh, no star defense tackles last year. So they already know the system. So they already have the upper hand over any DTs that we tr- signed this year, unless they're veterans, of course. But yeah, I'm cool with that. UDFAs. Now, I didn't do much into it. I do know a few of them. Not personally, no, but I'll talk more about them on Friday show. Tackle Dalton Wagner. I think he's like 6'8", 6'9", monster. Guard McClendon Curtis. Defensive end Brock Martin. Cornerback. Oh, my God. Here we go. I'm going to fuck up this name. A-Z-I-Z-I Hearn. Linebacker Drake Thomas, which solid. Tight end George Takas. 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 Cornerback Joshua Perriman. Safety Jaden Grant. Defensive end George Tarlis. Tight end Samuel Shanker. And defensive line, DTDN, he could play both. Adam Plant, which I I do like Adam Plant. So the team needed interior defensive line. I think we cover that. Defensive back, I think we did pretty good on that. Offensive line, I think we did pretty good on that. Linebacker, eh, I think was... I think we cover most of it, but the linebackers. Linebackers, the really the only one that needed more love later on, and and it didn't get it. But we still got free agency to go to. So my grade of draft, I'll grade two situations: the draft and then the UDFA's as of right now. I'll go with a B. I've been saying B with this draft. I'm sticking with it. I I think we, listen, I mean, I've been a fan of of our GMs, our GM. I mean, in our assistant GM as well. I'm a fan of Ziegler. I like what he's doing. I, I like the building that he's trying to do. I do see his vision. Only thing I question still is Jimmy G. And it's not the question of his ability. It's a question of his availability. Um, If he's healthy, I think our offense is going to roll, especially adding the tight ends that we have from free agency. And then you're adding the fucking monster. You're adding the Jason Witten-like. You're adding the, the baby grunk. This dude is phenomenal. As a Notre Dame fan, I'm not speaking just bias. I'm speaking with 100% honesty that if given a chance and if he stays healthy, because in football it's a gladiator sport, health matters, I do believe that 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 our tight end class is going to be one of the best and it's going to be led by Mayer. Maybe not this year. But anyways, 
the draft grade B, UDFA grade, grade. Right now, I'm going to give it a C plus to a B, just because I just love the way, especially from UDFA's from last year. I thought that if you know that there was good picks, and I just think it's a reputation of of Ziegler that they they see he sees it. So yeah, Friday show. UCFL or USFL's uh, week four preview, NBA playoff, the conference semis updates, Yankee three games set against the Cleveland, um, and predictions. I, I did pick Cleveland to win, so two one. Plus upcoming games, I'll go over the Raiders UDFA's more in depth of that plus whatever else I want to talk about. So until then, and as always, Salute Nation.